And welcome into the Landry Football Podcast Network, another edition of the Landry Football Podcast, as we uh, spent some time talking about how teams prepare their draft boards. I said we would pick it up by talking about how teams finalize their draft board. And uh, so we're going to talk about that today on today's edition of the Landry Football Podcast. Also want to remind you, check out LandryFootball.com for all the latest draft information, uh, draft boards, needs, scouting reports, you name it, we got it for you at LandryFootball.com. On the draft, on free agency, the latest news, information, analysis from a coaching, scouting, front office executive, front office executive perspective on the game of the uh, of college football and the NFL. We've got the latest on college football spring practice, recruiting transfer portal going to be heating up uh, 1st of May. A lot going on. So make sure that uh, you keep it at LandryFootball.com and make sure that you take advantage of our scouting season offer. That's the best deal that we've got going. It'll take you through 12 months uh, in season, out of season, all year long football season at LandryFootball.com. We never go away. We're always involved. So take advantage of the scouting season offer. Or if you want to try it out for a month or six months, um, it's still a good deal. It's still at the most expensive. It's less than $10 a month to get access to your own coaching and scouting department. We think it's a fabulous deal. So check it out today. Also subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, And uh, uh, make sure that you uh, don't miss any of our football show. So now we've talked about how initially draft boards are set up during the football season and how they're just preliminary put preliminarily put there by the area scout, maybe the regional scout, the cross checker. But as we explain in the initial draft board um, podcast is that the, the, there's not the quote-unquote guys moving up and down the board that people think, but rather what's happening is more people in the organization are looking at the film and putting a grade on the player. Therefore, you're going to see some adjustments. Uh, And when you get now to the final stages, which everybody's in their final stages, everybody's done the workouts, everybody's pretty much done what they've done with the film. What you're doing is meeting. You're going in a meeting. You spend a day or two um, on each position in the draft. And you only spend time talking about guys that you would either draft or sign as an undrafted free agent in these meetings. All of the guys were discussed in previous meetings. And the reject guys are guys we put on the quote-unquote reject board. Um are not going to be discussed unless somebody needs to be revived. And if they need to be revived, meaning you would sign them as an undrafted fridge, you need to talk about them. You need to look at film together and you need to go through that process. People have asked me, well, why would you have a reject board if you're not going to draft them? Because somebody else might, you know, you don't ever take guys off your board. It's a dumb thing. I'll oh, take them off the board. I'll take guys off the board. Somebody's going to take them. And so players on your draft board, are going to go on an NFL board, a pro personnel board. So understand that and understand that uh, there's there's a process to this. 
So you're spending time going over guys that, again, you would either sign as an undrafted free agent or draft at some point in the draft. And it's painstaking detail. So once you go through and you meet and you talk about each player and you go through alphabetically, A through Z, and everybody that's seen the, the player and wrote a report talks about them, and then you look at film together. Cut up tapes together. Um, and maybe sometimes you'll take out um, the game tape if there's some real disagreements about where a player belongs on the draft board. That's uh, always comes up, and so you need to understand that. So as you prepare the data, mainly the updated medical information, the updated character information, how did the guy – how would you evaluate him and put a grade on him based upon his meetings that you had with him, whether it's at the pro day, whether it's at the combine, whether it's at the senior bowl, whether it's you brought him into one of your visits. Um, how do you have the information? Well, the information's in the computer, but typically still old school, you'll have these huge binders, one for each position in which players are A to Z and, You've got the initial data and and then all the scouting reports and usually a summary report in there. Uh, and sometimes you have a separate book that just has the summary reports. That's a little bit easier to manage. A lot of ways to do it. But you're going over everything. The the um, the, the most the, the information, the most important information, the height, weight, speed, body type, medical grade, mental, psychological grade as well as your football grade appears on the player's card. That's placed on the draft board. And that can be revised up to draft day if new information surfaces. But for the most part, it's the haze in a barn. The accepted practice of every NFL draft room is to take every player's best measurable during the entire scouting process as the official one. Now, it's important, though, you need to convert times. This is the mistake that people make, particularly in the media. Well, he ran 4-7 at the Combine, but he ran 4-5-5 at his pro day. He's a 4-5-5 guy. No, he's not a 4-5-5 guy. You know, you've got to convert the time. So if a guy doesn't run at Indy, but he runs a certain time at his school, you should know, based upon experience, how to convert that time, which that track may be a little bit faster. In some rare cases, the track at the school is a little slower you you adjust it to what i call indie time or the 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 um the the converted time is the time that that, that gives everybody a apples to apples comparison which is i think really important some people will do it and if they ran a four five two and a four five uh four four nine they put them in a four four nine um Everybody kind of has their own way to do it. I think that an outlier number and a you're fooling yourself, you know, because you like a guy and you want a guy and you artificially grade him. As, you have to the old saying, if you like a guy, you'll get him fast on the time. That's fine. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. 
CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. It's cute, but it's you're fooling yourself. You have on the card, you know, you have a V after the time that's verified or an E if it's estimate. Uh, but at this point, you shouldn't have any estimated times. You should have the time on the guy. Um, draft board. Be ready for debate when you meet. Copies of each player's finished scouting reports on, um, on the laptop and in a binder. Um, you know, the um, executive team, if you will, will study a lot of that and make notes and questions about each player. The analysis of any prospect has to come with a framework. The framework is a scouting report. Scouting report sections. You can have as many as, say, six pages on a player. Uh, you get six basic sections. The first was a short biography of the player. The next was the listing of measurables, height, weight, 40 times, various drill times, certain position-specific measurables, such as quarterback hand size, offensive arm length, receiver wingspan, so on and so forth. The third section was a numerical grade for the position specifics. We'll use quarterbacks as an example. Arm strength, accuracy, long, and accuracy, that means long, accuracy, medium, accuracy, short. Touch, speed of release, footwork, processing speed, reading of defenses, pocket pause, play extension, running ability. There are a lot more of those. And if you follow and you're a member of LandryFootball.com, you will see by each position we have up there the uh, position by position, um, critical factors and position specifics for each position. The combination of physical stature, measurables, and position specifics are commonly referred to as traits. Um, you, you grade a number corresponding to colors. So colors help you see how many blues, how many reds, how many purples. That gives you an aesthetic view. Numbers, you know, can't be e- easily distinguished. Colors can't. But that you got to have a number to correspond to the color. And... Um, you know, uh, the, the, the the order is blue, red, purple, and then <clears throat> that's the kind of the order of the best. So the number has to correspond to the color. And then you put them on the board. You, you've heard me say many times that you got to grade a player correctly before you stack them. Um, and, and where is the separation between players in this draft? So you'd have um, – <clears throat> The front board, uh, what I call the draftable board, uh, the, the front board, uh, the draftable board, or just that. I put guys that are draftable between one through seven. Then um, what I think you should be able to do, if you if you do it correctly, you should be able to draft your players and sign undrafted free agents through the guys with 
seventh round grades are better. The what I did on the um, the free agent board, I call it. Some people call it a reject board, which has rejects on it. I would put at the very top of the reject board the the four nines, which was the priority free agents. <clears throat> and in, in you you needed to go there, you would. But the four nines to me need to be vetted, need to be evaluated, need to have film put on them, and you need to make a determination of where you want to go with them, whether you sign them or not. Um, you know, in 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 my grading system, uh, rounds one and two are blue graded players. <clears throat> round three and four, excuse me, round ones are blue graded players. Um, second, third would be red graded players, and then four through seven. Purple Grady players, excuse me. Players who didn't make the front board bore the color green and or greenies. Many of these were signed after the draft as free agent and a significant portion would make the team. The beauty of the system is that every team has a historical database that you can compare teams, the pair players from yesterday. So um, you can look at the measurables of a Bryce Young with Drew Brees and make some determinations of what were the traits that he had? So if I was looking at Bryce Young, I would look at all the traits of the quarterbacks who were his size that made it. And I would look at do what are the similar traits that allowed Drew Brees to make it. Because remember, Drew Brees didn't become a Hall of Fame or going to be in the Hall of Fame because he was short. He's a Hall of Famer in my view because – of what he did to overcome his lack of height. And so when you go back and look at the scouting report on him, both pro pro personnel scouting report and college one, you see what traits did he have that Bryce Young will share. And then you also look at the guys that were maybe similar to Bryce Young size-wise that didn't make it. And what are the traits that maybe they should, that could help you determine where you grade them. So if you look at um, – I think um, the ability to compare tangible numbers. People will say all the time, well, what does it matter what the guy runs if he plays fast on the football field and he beats everybody? Because you're grading them as a college player. You're, you're projecting them to the NFL level. So it's how a guy's going to play speed-wise, side-wise, strength-wise, intelligence-wise at the NFL level. Now, if you did it, if you exuded those qualities at college, there's a pretty good chance that you would exude them in the NFL. But not necessarily, not always. So make sure that you understand that, know that, and say, well, let's see where things are. And make sure that the transferable skills are there. The fourth section of the report has the test results, which is the ability to learn, retain complicated information, spatial awareness, processing speed, overall evaluation by our team psychologist, <clears throat> critical information. Um, never share that with anybody. I never shared any information with the media or fans, and it's proprietary. 
and it's amazingly accurate uh, for quarterbacks. These test results are as important as the physical traits. Um, this is, I think at other positions, <clears throat> it has value, but quarterbacks, it has the greatest value. There are a um, couple of things that misnomers. The Wonder League test and arm strength for quarterback. The one measures mental acuity, and the other is an is an important physical trait. The Wonder League test is a diagnostic tool and not a measurable one. If a player had difficulty reading or some other learning related condition, it would show up on the test. That just told us we needed to do further work on the player, and it never disqualified anyone. For example, if a guy scored really low in the Wonder League, doesn't mean he's not smart. He may have a dyslexic problem. He may have, he may have just been extremely nervous. It's okay. Um, I've had players, because they're not really good readers, they don't test well. Not every player is going to learn through reading the material. They will are more visual learners and they're more auditory learners. So one thing I like to do was, okay, I give him the Wonderlick test, but then I may test him again and read him the questions and see if there's a different grade. Well, he may score a lot better reading it. It's okay. I, I, I've got a coach that's going to, we're going to coach him. Okay. We're going to, we're going to coach him. And you've got to find a way like any good teacher to teach them the way that they learn best. Most ways today to learn is through an iPad where they can visually see things as opposed to reading it on a paper. Uh, it's more interesting. You can see it happen. So these tests and Wonderlick's just one of many, and it's valuable, but valuable in that it's a trigger, it's a flag to go do more work if there's a problem. Or, you know, you want to maybe confirm it with some other tests. It's a diagnostic tool, nothing else. Um, if you look at, like, arm strength of the quarterback, it's important as long as you can make all the throws. Um, it, the guy with the strongest arm is not the best quarterback. The guy that doesn't have sufficient arm strength to make all the throws will not be a very good quarterback in the league. But guys that can make all those throws sufficiently, the extra stuff, meaning the ability to get it there, doesn't have to be the 100-mile-an-hour fastball guy. The fifth section of the report contains the player's medical history and the results of his physical exam from the team's physicians. The doctors give them numerical grade ranging from draftable to do not draft medically only. Not interested in what a, a trainer or a doctor thinks about a guy's football ability. Want strictly a medical grade. I want strictly a psychological grade from the psychologist. Okay. Many big name prospects have their draft status affected by the results of the physical. Many have had serious, sometimes life-threatening conditions diagnosed because of the thoroughness of the pre-draft physical. Because a guy has never missed a game due to injury doesn't mean he doesn't have a medical problem. He could be bone on bone in the knee. He could have those are longevity issues. 
You have to look at it. And then, of course, you have information in there about a guy's work ethic in the training room. Really important. It's easy maybe to want to play football. But and sometimes guys love to work out in the weight room. But it is very difficult. The toughest thing for a player to do is to rehab injuries because it, it just you don't see the carrot in front of the stick. And so the work ethic of a player is most tested through how he rehabs from injuries. And then the final page of the report contains an evaluation um, by various scouts who have evaluated the player, the area scout, the cross checker, the college scouting director. The director will place a preliminary grade on a player. The grade consists of a number and a color component that equals the round in which the player is placed. So the report ends what is what's commonly referred to as a summary, usually a one-liner, two-liner. It's often more than a sentence. It's a paragraph. It's a summary of the organization's conclusion on the player, all of his you know, might be a quarterback. All of his measurables and traits range from excellent to far above average. He's the best prospect at the position since so-and-so. He has all the tools, physical, mental, psychological, to be a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. You know, just something like that. Um, a summary of a player. The position coach and the coordinator will also file written reports after film review. They will opine on whether the player can play and win in the NFL and whether he can help our team. All of this material is circulated to the executive decision-making group. Naturally, it is closely held. The makeup of decision-makers with the coach consisted of, of, of certain teams consisted of uh, like maybe a GM head coach, personnel director, assistant GM, college scouting director, football operations director. Um, this whole rocket up the draft board has never happened in 41 years in draft rooms for me. The scouts, the GMs, and the football executives know what a player is, know what a player is not. The rocket up the draft board is a media term by the media folks who don't know anything about these players, but they just gather information. And if they get information late on a player, they, oh, he's moving up. Oh, he hasn't moved up. He's always been there. You're just late to the party finding it out. New and verified data comes in. It's entered into the player's file. If the data is good or bad, warrants a review. His name is placed in a review file, and it's discussed in the meetings that will, you know, the next meeting. His grade will change up or down after that meeting. What I usually did is make sure that we had, we finished all of our, positional meetings three days prior to the draft. And I would spend time, we'd have a review meeting to go over any new information that came out on a play. And then we'd review that and adjust the player on the board accordingly if it needed to be. Um, If you, let me just say this. you can move a player a little bit up on the board or down on the board based upon certain data late. But I, you know, if I had a guy move up more than one round grade, 
from the December grade, you got a problem. In fact, I never let it happen. And here's why. If you determine as a football player that the guy was X, you should not move a guy up significantly from December on. Unless he moves down due to off-the-field circumstances that would would not change his grade football-wise, but it would put a medical grade or a character grade that would necessitate not taking him where you got him graded. So, now, you could move a guy who was maybe a undrafted free agent to maybe a late-round guy, a sixth or seventh-round guy with new information, great workout times, or something that would indicate worthiness of moving. Uh, you could have a player. I mean, a, a guy like a Robert Mathis was maybe a, a late-round guy in some people's eyes, maybe a sixth, seventh-rounder, but based upon the workout, uh, moved into kind of a fifth-round grade. Um, he didn't rock it up the board, but he, he, based upon rigorous, rigorous data, information, and evaluations, that's how you change it. So... Uh, this is how the process is made, folks. This is the real, you know, story about how it's done. It is, um, it is a process. The draft is not an event. It's a process. It's a process of at least two years of evaluating players from a scout standpoint in a heavy deep dive into evaluation of that player by the non-scouts, the coaches, maybe some of the personnel people that are not looking at the college stuff all year round. Uh, And you need to form an opinion and come up with an organizational grade and opinion on the player. A guy may be a great player, but really doesn't fit what you do. Does not matter if somebody else grades him a lot higher and he goes on to be a really good player, how does the guy fit for you? I do think it's imperative to know where a player fits in the overall league viewpoint. Meaning I may love a player, a Bob Sanders was an outstanding player and was a really You know, a Blaine Bishop was an outstanding player for us. Any number of those guys. They were all pros. You could say, well, why don't you take that? By by the production, you could make a case that could have taken a first-round pick on. You don't do that if you know that the value of that player in the league is that you could probably get them later. And what I mean by that is you don't sit there and wait to take a player that you love, but you need to be cognizant of, I liked these six guys. I mean, it's just saying, I'm just going to say half a dozen guys. Well, I know these four, if I don't take them now, they're going to be gone. I think these two or three are likely going to be around, uh, be available to us in another round or two. You, That's where draft management comes in. I need to maximize his ability to get these six players. So this is the strategy and this is who I would go for first. It does not mean necessarily that one is graded higher on the board. It is, or significantly higher on the board, but 
it may mean, in fact, they may be graded very similarly in, 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 in the same plateau, but how you stack them may be a little different because the priority of where they're likely to go off the board is a little different. It's the thing that people don't understand probably more than anything. There's, there's no such thing as a singular draft board. There are 32 draft boards. Okay. So the ones you see on the internet and people talking about it, it's not a true draft board. That is not how people see them. That may be a combination of what the league thinks, but the league doesn't have a football team. The league has 32 individual teams that draft with, for what they do and what they like. And that's why you will have guys graded maybe 10th on somebody's board and maybe 45th on another team's board. It happens every year. It's not a, wow, did, you can't believe that. That has and will happen every year because how you see players are a little different. Now, if you're talking about maybe the top two or three players that the media talks about the most, I can tell you that those guys are not going to be on the third round for some teams. They're all going to be graded and graded relatively high. But they may be higher on some boards than others. So it's a it's an any once you set the draft board up, and I always had one final meeting of the medicals don't change unless somebody gets hurt late. Um I always did the last thing I did, the last thing I did before leaving the night before the draft, and now I did it a second time the morning of the draft, since we've moved the draft to nighttime, is I have one final security check. We have a database, and we have all these guys' social security numbers. Okay, we have all details, obviously not shared. But all that information is in there. And we can run checks. If anything happened, if anything came on our radar, not just an arrest, but some funny business going on with a player, we wanted to know about it because it has happened where a guy got arrested or did something really foolish that would cause a character question mark on that player. Now, if it was just a silly, you know, did a little something foolish celebrating, that's not making a guy a bad character. But if a guy now is going to have some legal issues, because of something that just had happened prior to the draft, you need to know about it. Um, many people will remember the unfortunate circumstances of Lyle Collins. Probably would have been a high second round pick, maybe late first round pick. Tragically, his ex-girlfriend was murdered the week of the draft. He had nothing to do with it, was, was an ex-girlfriend, hadn't seen her in a while. And, but the police wanted to speak with him to get some intel to help find the person killing him. And I, I believe since then, it's been a few years, they did fortunately find the person that murdered the young lady. But you can imagine the disaster it was for that young man. He was, I can remember the phone lighting up. People like, what do you know? What? Everyone was trying to figure out, is there a possibility he could be involved or secondhand, thirdhand, whatever. It scared the bejesus out of everyone. And they backed off of him. Remember, he didn't get drafted. 
Well, he certainly would have been drafted. Um, if not late first night, early second night. But unfortunately, that thing happened. Well, there's a lot of things that might happen. A guy runs a red light accidentally or something like that. That is certainly not something that is okay, but it's not something that you're going to affect a guy's character about if it's just a simple thing. We're going to know about it. So always wanted to make sure they did that. The other thing I did is, of course, it's a little practice on draft day, and we'll talk a little bit more about what happens on draft day in the draft room. But I always, before I drafted a guy, I had the area scout was responsible for calling up the player and telling the player, um, get him on the line. The head coach, the GM, usually both at some point, will talk to the player and say, you know, you want to be a fill-in-the-blank, a cowboy, a stealer, whatever, whatever your organization you work for. Uh, we're getting ready to draft you, any problem, whatever, boom. You always like to do it. Uh, it goes back to the old days where, and this is very primitive, when you didn't have access to phones and everything, and you draft guys, and they were out in the war, and they got killed, and they, they never showed up. That that literally happened back in the 30s and the 40s. Well, obviously, that's not going to happen today. And what you have is all their phone numbers. If there's a landline at, at home, you, you got that. You have his cell number. You have his girlfriend's cell number. You have his best friend's cell number. You have his sister and brother's cell number, his parents' cell number. You need to get in touch with the guy before you draft him. It's just something I'm not going to draft a guy until I have him on the phone. I know it's him. I need to make sure that he didn't hear the phone ringing, you know, trip down the stairs and, you know, break his neck, God forbid. Or, you know, was piggyback off of what I just said. I know this sounds morbid, but what if he got in an accident the night before and when we, we were late hearing about it? No one heard about it. And he's in a hospital somewhere. You just don't, you, you know, I apologize for even expressing it that way, but you need to make sure that guy's okay. He's there and he's ready to go. Um, those are just some of the things. Hope that gives you an idea how you go about setting the final draft board up, what the scouting reports say, what they mean, and debunking some of the myths that are out there. A reminder, you can get more detailed breakdowns on LandryFootball.com of all draft, free agent, college, NFL information at LandryFootball.com. Uh, take advantage of the scouting season offer that we have. Uh, also, um, make sure that you, if you want to try it out for a month, six months, you can do that as well. And also, um, Subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcasts, to make sure that you don't miss any of our football shows. Hey, it's always great being with you folks, uh, and uh, we'll talk to you again next time. But for now, we bid you adieu.